Why should you choose direct response advertising versus image advertising? Listen up and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Hello, my Dark Horse friends and family. Welcome back to your daily dose of Change My Life in 15 Minutes or Less. <sighs> you know what? I'm, I'm just here hitting you with another daily success episode of The Dark Horse Entrepreneur as we dive deep into success and actionable advice, tips, and steps designed to help you level up your game because as we already know, there's no shortcut to success except taking those little steps towards your goal every single day. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, how the heck are you doing today, right? You ready to get up, get out there? Hmm? Ready to start making your life a little bit easier? Huh? Some, I'm here. I'm actually here to try make your life a little bit easier with some inspiration and motivation and some, of course, some actual and actionable tips and strategies to help you get a little more cash flow in just a few minutes. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why we're here with these daily episodes on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. That's what it's all about. And today, as I told you yesterday, we're going to chat a little bit about direct response. It's something I'm a huge fan of and have been involved in for many years. And if you don't know what it is, that's okay. We're going to tell you all about it. See, I used to help people over the years earn lots of money in direct response. So it's been, a, as I said, a huge part of everything I, I do and have done. And basically, it's looking for a direct response from your customer. Now, I cut my teeth initially uh, in year, for years in direct response via catalogs. Yep, that was back in the day, you know, learning how to lay them out, the content, the flow, how things will sell better here versus sell better there. And, you know, in my ever unquenched thirst to do better, learn more, to get, improve my skills, uh, I learned about a man named Dan Kennedy. Now, Dan Kennedy really knows his stuff <laughs> in direct in the direct marketing world. I spent a lot of time studying Dan's stuff over the years, uh, for many, many years because, oh gosh, he's been doing it well over 40 years. And I think I learned about him oof, well over 20 years ago. So studying just about everything I could, plus a whole lot of other things too, in terms of uh, direct response marketing. And uh, well, that's what we're talking about today. Now, to me, I think direct response is oh so magical. First, let, let's confirm what it is. And very simply, and let's get straight to the point directly, <laughs> right? Uh, in getting a response directly, simple, right? I mean, that that's what it is. I mean, if you think, well, that was a little confusing. Let's go back. There are really about two different types. There's probably a lot more than that, but the two very specific types of action, uh, action, advertising you have probably seen or paid attention to in the world. Direct response, which usually comes along with a specific call to action, as I mentioned in the catalog. So you get a catalog or a postcard in the mail, or you watch one of those infomercials. And at the end of the commercial or somewhere inside the commercial, it says, Hey, Dow, 1-800-SEND-ME-YOUR-MONEY-NOW, right? All of those, those are direct response marketing, right? Or a direct response commercial. 
what each of those is looking for, like when that commercial airs or when that catalog or that postcard comes into the mail, is to get an immediate self-liquidating offer response. All right. In other words, the reason for putting it out there is that you'll get an immediate response and presumably an immediate sale. Now, this is an arena, uh, this, for me, this is the arena to be playing in because if you're an entrepreneur and you need money today, you could have it tomorrow with the right offer. So it makes sense. That's what the direct response is. Send them the offer. They send you, uh, they, they place the order and you get the sale. Just that easy. Send them the offer, get the sale. Now, the other kind of uh, advertising you've probably seen a lot is called institutional or image advertising. Image advertising is something you see uh, big companies run a lot. It takes a lot of time, looks pretty, makes you feel good, but it doesn't really have a call to action in, in it. No, does it? Um, no, it doesn't. I was answering, answering, asking and answering the question. See, this kind of advertising fills the advertising budgets of the Coca-Colas and the McDonald's of the world, but... <laughs> Don't get it confused. They're so big, they are everywhere. They can do this kind of advertising, right? They don't need to do anything that draws you in directly. They're just using that imagery or the institutional advertising to keep that emotional connection that their brand has built within your life. Now, if you're a small business, you probably can't afford that kind of thing. Now, one big caveat you have to understand here is... If you're into advertising in the local community, you will find a lot of people out there selling you imagery advertising. Why? I guess it's because they don't know how to sell you direct market advertising. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Well, let's, let's be clear here. Imagery advertising is way easier to sell. It's not so trackable, right? It's really not trackable at all, if you ask me. But obviously, if someone sells you those big ads, you know, hey, rent this in my magazine for a while or use my billboard. It's very hard to track whether it works or not, right? So when you, so when they come back to you and say, hey, here's what you do is you give me frequency. You keep renting in my, on my uh, billboard or in my magazine and you play the long game and then it'll start to work, right? You see, Ugh, I'm not a huge fan of this arena of advertising because you can't exactly tell what's going on. But, you know, I get it, right? It has its purpose and its place, so I totally understand. I much prefer direct response because it's going to get the job done. And it's trackable, so you know exactly what's going on. You know whether it worked or not. Or if it worked up to this point and then stopped, then you can tweak. So, as I said, I've done them both. I get them both. In my life, I've personally been involved with the helping, the planning, and the production of well over a hundred catalogs and the associated web pages, ads, and offerings. And that's not counting the countless one-offs and remnant space ads and all the email offerings and all the uh, digital you know, offerings that go along with that. So I had a little experience here in and, and know exactly what works because I've seen people come back time and time again. And I've seen it when them come back when it didn't work. So, you know, and, and, and that's okay, right? It's not going to work every single time. So you just going to go back and say, all right, let's check the results and try something else, right? 
So you know, hey, this used to work, now it stopped working. Oh, we changed the color. Oh, we changed these three or four words and all of a sudden the response rate drops off, right? Check the results and try something else. All right, so now we kind of laid that foundation down. So you, you're trying to get a direct response. It's very simple. We're trying to find a need for the people to buy our widget. That's it, all right? So we have our, our product and it fills a need and we want them to buy it. Now, here's the thing. When we're going to go out there and try and sell our product, whatever it happens to be, to a very specific clientele, we're looking for, no matter how specific that clientele is, right? Well, we're, we're trying to sell it to a very specific clientele. The, see, no matter how specific the clientele is, no matter how much we've narrowed down, say, the demographic and the psychographic, it's still going to be a little bit different. Everyone's going to have a slightly different reason or a slightly different problem that they need solved with our product. I mean, if we think about one of the, I don't know, those infamous, infamous uh, commercials that have been out there, the old Ginsu knives, right? Or the slicers that you've seen on TV. Hey, it slices, it dices, it does everything. Hey, it even cuts bricks and it still cuts tomatoes. It cuts everything. And, and basically what they're doing and what they're saying is, well, look, we know you need something that cuts. We have something that cuts. We just don't know exactly what you'll be doing with it, right? So evidently, someone needs to cut a brick. Mm, well, not really. That one's really more proof of performance, isn't it? Right? So now they've answered, hey, this thing really performs. Hey, it can cut a brick. That means it can cut anything, right? So in the ability to cut anything, it's also showing, hey, if you cut a brick, it won't ruin the blade. So it really never needs sharpening. Isn't that yet another reason to buy it? You better believe it is. So in the end, your goal is to find a product and figure out every possible use for that product that every possible person that can potentially buy it is going to use it for. Whoa, 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 wait a second, Tracy. You're saying every possible use for that product or service for every possible person that can buy it? Isn't there another way of saying that? Well, yeah, of course there is. You're going to break down all those possible ways into benefits. So if you take a benefit of some, what, what's the benefit of someone cutting tomato? I mean, you could say it cuts a tomato. Eh, that's kind of blah. Or you could say it makes cutting tomatoes easier than any device you've ever owned. It makes them juicy and thin. Perfect for a tomato sandwich in the summertime. Ooh, that's quite of a fun sales pitch, isn't it? Not too bad for her on the spot. So that's the real benefit, right? What's the benefit? Well, obviously, it's going to make a great sandwich in the summertime. And people love sandwiches, right? Oh, my God, Diane, we have to get one of these knives. I have a tomato plant right out back, and I could cut some amazing tomatoes and make awesome sandwiches. Right? That's what's going on in their head. So you're taking the products and services, and you've figured out every single possible reason someone could buy it and break it down into benefits. So your goal is to provide all the answers to every single question. Remember, we talked about the questions in the previous episode. Every single question someone may have before they even thought about asking it. And you make sure you bring it all up, even if it's not on their mind. And you've answered those questions in that direct response marketing ad. Now, why would you go through all this extra work, Tracy? Well, let me answer that. Because you're not there in person. You can't answer the questions for them. And by the way, if you're in the online world, this is very, very important because if you can't answer the questions, they're going somewhere else, right? And the reality is, 
I really think about what their challenges may be, right? So uh, when I'm going through this, and you can go through the extraordinary effort to make sure that you're answering all of those challenges and all of those possible questions before and then get that into your advertising. Now, we're going to mess up. Right, me, I messed up. I and you know how I can tell I mess up, and, and trust me, I mess up a lot. But I, I can tell I mess up because sales went down. There it is, simple, really easy. That's one of the huge benefits of direct response marketing. You can tell when you mess up because the sales are going to go down, and when you don't mess up, the sales go up. And the one thing I can tell you about the internet is, if you find something's not working, look at the last thing you changed and undo it. So there it is. At the end of the day, it's find out what works and just keep doing it, right? <laughs> All right. And then tweak. And if it didn't work, tweak it back and tweak something else. And if it goes up, now there's your new baseline. And now after all of that, what do you do? That's right. You ask for the sale. Remember, don't forget to ask for the sale. So let's recap. The point of direct response marketing, frankly, is just to put money directly into your pocket. That sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Now, you get a direct response self-liquidating. You send out the ad with the call to action in it. Somebody calls. They make a sale. You make money. You deliver service. And off you go into the seven-step customer life cycle that we talked about in the previous episode. For me, this beats imagery advertising every single time. I mean, you can do both if you want to. But the reason it beats it is, is, like I said, again and again, it's completely trackable. And you can understand exactly what's working for you. You can understand it's working up to this point and then it stops. So then you can tweak that point. And as long as you solve every possible problem somebody has and explain it to their uh, satisfaction, then there's no reason that they won't buy from you. And isn't that really what it's all about, right? So direct response, ladies and gentlemen, is very, very powerful way of making a sale virtually Virtually everything you see online nowadays is direct response, you know, with the exception of some of those ads you see running all over the place, Facebook, everywhere else. And by the way, right, uh, almost everyone you see out there is copycatting. Hmm? No one really knows what they're doing. There's a few of them that do, right? Uh, there's a lot of books you can read on hypnotic copywriting, on the perfect sales letter and things like that. But most everyone you see out there is doing anything like this. Yeah, they're copycatting. So do me a favor right right now. Pay attention to what's going on. Do your own research. Don't just copy anything else that you see out there. Ooh, that was, and especially don't do it because you're like, ooh, that was a cool sales letter. You really have no idea if it even worked. You know, it caught your eye, right? And that includes some of the big guys out there. They're falling prey to making mistakes as well. So be very, very careful how you get yourself trapped into world that you really don't want to be in, right? Because it could cost you a lot of money and a lot of time, by the way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. That wraps up week two of the daily success episodes on the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. What do you think? Good? Bad? Indifferent? Eh, whatever. Have a topic you want to hear about I haven't covered yet? Let me know. Send me an email, Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Let me know what topic you'd like to hear me touch on. In the meantime... I'll leave you like I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.